ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, The Monica Pearson Show. When you look at what you've become, what has it cost you? Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most powerful influencers, as you've never heard them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of Southern Fried Soccer. Sitting here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium on a Saturday where Atlanta United has knocked off D.C. United 3-1. I'm joined as always by Jason Longshore of 92.9 and SoccerDownHere.com. How are you, Jason? Doing good. Uh, Interesting day at the Benz. Yep. Let's do some quick housekeeping, which is going to be pretty easy. Uh, D.C. United opened the scoring uh, on a goal by Stieber in the 8th minute. And then the Joseph Martino show happened. Goals in the 30th minute, goal in the 54th minute, goal in the 73rd minute for his sixth career hat trick in MLS. He's now the all-time leader in hat tricks in Major League Soccer in just 42 games. It's uh, an unbelievable record. He's almost already doubled up everyone else in Major League Soccer with the exception of Bradley Wright Phillips. Uh, He's on an amazing tear right now. It's it's just insanity. I mean, when you start to really dig into the numbers, even more than we go very short term. He scored in the last five matches. He has eight goals in those five matches. Okay, then you start to take it out to the whole season. Twenty-two on the season, twenty-two games. Okay, then you take it to the whole career here in Atlanta United. It's insanity to look at a guy who scored 41 goals in 39 starts in his MLS career. Six hat tricks, 69 shots on target, 41 goals. That's about as efficient as it gets. All for the low, low price of around $2 million, I think his salary yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, I think he's closer to one, maybe 1.25 now. I mean... The questions, and I just had this conversation with Stan Northfleet at 92.9 The Game. You know, we had heard rumors a while back about Joseph Martinez, potentially Liga Amakis. Okay, it's not going to happen now, but he keeps scoring at this rate. Somebody's going to come in with something because you don't find goal scorers like this growing on trees. But is he interested in going? Because he really is a player who thrives on being comfortable, being happy, enjoying his soccer and enjoying his surroundings. He has all of that here. That's true. Uh, and I, I've, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast or to others, but oftentimes when a player can find the right kind of combination of factors for success, they just need to stick with it. They don't need to chase the dollar. They don't need to chase, you know, the prestige. He's been Martinez has been to Italy. He's played in Italy. He's played in Europe. He's done that. He's 
happy here. He seems really happy here. I mean, yeah. he kind of comes across as... <laughs> well, he says he's always mad. I'm always mad, but I think that was for the cameras and stuff like that because he was all smiles in the locker room. He was down on the field playing yeah. soccer with some somebody's uh, really young kids. It was a really kind of a really sweet sight. He missed the penalty, though. I watched him. He <laughs> it off the post. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know why he would want to leave here unless if Almiron left and Viaba left, maybe... That would change his mind, but Maybe. neither of those things are happening this season. No, and and I mean, if it's a money thing, I don't think the club would have a problem putting him on a bigger salary. He's already a designated player, so it doesn't right. affect it doesn't anything really there. Just however much you want to pay him, and he's producing at a level we've never seen in this league. The other side is it's not going to affect his national team performance because he's he's going to play for Venezuela and start every match doing what he's doing here. So he's trying to get Venezuela into their first ever World Cup in 2022. This is a huge opportunity for him to stay in the same hemisphere right? and play in a, in a system that suits him and then try to do his job for his country as well. It really feels like the perfect situation for him to be here for quite a while. We will see. Uh, let's see. The win moved Atlanta United to 42 points. They continue to stay atop the league. Uh, in that category, though, there are still some teams that have some games in hand. 44. 44 and 22. They're, oh, I'm sorry, back 44. Two points. Yeah, 44 points. I hope I didn't say four. No, I said 44 points uh, in my story. Sorry, talking to myself. <laughs> um, the other big news today, or kind of a combination of news, one resulted in the other, uh, was Ezekiel Barco was left out of the 18. Andrew Carlton received his first league start. He's had a couple of other starts in U.S. Open Cup play. Barco is out because of an act of indiscipline, is what how it was told to us. Um, they're not wording it as a suspension, but it's a suspension. Just for the sake of conversation, we're, I'm going to call it a suspension. Um, Martino said he is not going to play against Montreal. I'd be really curious if he plays in the All-Star game now. At Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I, I think sure. that if it is a disciplinary issue, that uh, Sam Jones is in the booth next to us on that mic, and it's coming through over here. <laughs> um, that um, he won't play in that either. Yeah, it's it's a situation we really don't know much about yet. Um, I don't know if we're going to know anything about it. Um, again, because it's not an official suspension from the club. Young player, uh, all we can really hope for at this point is that he learns from it and it doesn't you know, derail a very promising young career. I mean, Tata Martino talked about it this week, that he was the best player on the field in the Seattle match. Um, but the flip side is Andrew Carlton had a huge opportunity today and I thought he delivered. I thought he was very good. Uh, took a little bit of time to kind of grow into the game, but I liked his movement. I liked that he was very patient in the final third instead of always making the run on the, the shoulder of the last defender. He would drop off and try to find space at the top of the 18. Liked his passing, and I loved the corner kick situation that led to what would have been an assist. It goes off the top of a DC player's head to take away the assist. But they created that play specifically for Andrew Carlton to go 1v1. He wins the 1v1 and puts in a quality cross. Yeah, it was after we were talking to him in the locker room after, and he couldn't even remember the move he did. I just said, I did some move. Yeah. <laughs> and created some space and put in a good ball. I thought the first half he was a little 
not hesitant. I think he got kind of stuck a little bit too far inside instead of staying wide so that he and McCann could kind of work off each other. I thought he did a better job of that in the second half. He's not – he doesn't have the straight line speed of like Viaba or Almiron or Martinez, right. but few do. But his positioning is pretty good, and he reads the game pretty well. He's still got to work on his defense a little bit. It was good But, today. yeah, overall, you know, his passing – no one's got to question his passing. He was a little disappointed in the shooting. His first shot – for about 22 yards, hit uh, he just put it right at Usted. Yeah. The second, he said his eyes got big, and he couldn't figure out if he wanted to go near post, far post, and he ended up going right down the middle. Yeah. That was a tough angle. It was on the right side of the goal. Better for a left footer, not a right footer. Um, you know, so he should have done better probably, but again, yeah. tough angle, two shots, two put on goal, that's and that's what we were saying that Barco wouldn't do. Barco wouldn't shoot when he was in. Yeah, the the situations were a little different that he found himself in. The uh, the first one, actually, I thought Miguel Almiron waited too long to play him. He ended yeah, up running yeah. past him and backheeling it to him. And Martinez was a backheel, too. Yeah, yeah, both were backheels. That second one was better. And Carlton, good shot on the second one. First one, he didn't really get all of it. He was under pressure. But, again, I'm looking at the full package from Andrew Carlton. I thought it was good enough defensively against O'Neill Fisher, who likes to get forward. Mm-hmm. Carlton was very responsible defensively, good passing, and created chances. And that's what you want out of that position. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Wayne Rooney started for D.C. United, his first start in Major League Soccer. Yeah. And other than one pass that kind of started the He was involved in the goal. Uh, he did next to nothing. Yeah, it was interesting because D.C., did not get the transition opportunities that they did last week against Vancouver. And Wayne Rooney is not a back-to-goal number nine hold-up player. And that's what he was being asked to do a lot today because D.C. was forced, because of some pressure from Atlanta United, to play direct and try to find him. And that's not Rooney's game. It looked like he was getting frustrated with that type of, of game plan, wasn't really enjoying it. He comes off in the second half. Really wasn't a lot else for him to do, but in the moments in transition, and the goal that DC had was in transition after a turnover in the middle of the field, Rooney's dangerous, and his movement dropping into midfield will be a problem as he gets a little more fit and players start to get used to the runs off of him. It felt like today, Areola was not as effective in reading the game as he was against Vancouver. Assad really struggled to find the game. There wasn't much from him today yeah, at all. Yeah, this is the second consecutive game here at Mercedes-Benz that he's been basically invisible. Yeah, I mean, D.C., it, it's such – this four-one-four-one that they play, it can be a handful for teams. And there were moments where it felt like they had the momentum, but it wasn't consistent for them. Yeah, Assad had – it says here 45 touches. I'm, I'm struggling to remember any of them. Um not in dangerous places. They were mostly in the middle third or even just inside his yeah. own half. There really wasn't much for him. That's the thing. There wasn't much for D.C. to do in general. They only had five shots, two on goal, the one goal. They thrive right now in transition because they can't build out of the back. Every time Atlanta forced their back line to make a decision, they chucked it long or chucked it out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm still – I think leaning more in the camp that Rooney is 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 going to be thirteen million dollars in salary that DC United is not going to 
recoup a lot of. I think they make the playoffs, and I think a lot of that salary was the equivalent of buying commercials because I think it's going to get them a lot of attention. They have to spend on the back line. That's what they have to do with whatever allocation money they have right now. Or if they want to go buy another designated player, they need something more in the back line. They're just not good enough in the back right now. Uh, There's goalkeepers I think they could go get. I think they have a better one on the bench right now in Steve Clark. David Osted just hasn't really been doing the job. And I don't think they're good enough on the back line with Fisher, Mora, Birnbaum, and Briant. I think that's going to hurt them in the end. But they have enough going forward where they can make the playoffs, especially with 14 home matches. Yeah, I just think they got too many teams to climb over. Um, I think New England falls out. I, I don't yeah, they're New really England struggling right now. Montreal is iffy. Columbus has got to get it together. They might be in trouble. I like Philadelphia. I like D.C. getting in. Yeah, I think a lot depends upon Columbus-Orlando tonight. Yeah. Uh, if, if they don't split, if one of them can get all three points, that, that's going to be a huge a huge boost. It's yeah. almost a six-pointer. And they're having weather delays, so there's no telling really? when that one gets underway. Okay. Um, and then Toronto has – who does Toronto have tonight? Chicago. Chicago, that's, that's another six-pointer. The desperation derby, as we've yeah. called it on the This Week in MLS podcast. Uh, and it's uh, tied at the half, and Philadelphia is beating half. the Galaxy one to nothing. Right? Philadelphia, if they could just find goals, they'll be fine, and they'll make the playoffs. Um, so really, those are kind of the talking points uh, from this game. I think um, Atlanta United wins three to three to one, uh, a top MLS with forty four points. Jason, what do you what do you have coming up this week? Uh, overreaction Monday on Soccer Down here. Uh, there could be some overreactions out of this. I'll be curious to see what the, the listeners come up with. Oh, yeah, the natural one is bench Barco forever and start Carlton. Oh, yeah. Till he, he's. I will say the coolest thing about Carlton today, as I was standing at his locker, hanging from one of the hooks, was a diamond-crusted necklace that said AJC. Now, it wasn't Atlanta Journal-Constitution. <laughs> it was his initials, but I told him that I really appreciated his uh, branding for me. <laughs> Andrew's got some swag. <laughs> I, I, I like Andrew's style. Um, and he said the man bun is a tribute to Jacob Peterson. So oh, actually, I knew it was. I knew that was <laughs> the case. Um, he teased on his Instagram story, I think, that he was going to cut it off, and people freaked out. But I don't think that's going anywhere anytime soon. All right. He was also great in our uh, full-time report as well. That's available on iTunes and on the 92.9 The Game website if you didn't get a chance to hear it live. Uh, lots of stuff this week. Soccer down here, 9 to 11 in the morning. Blogtalkradio.com slash soccer down here. It's also available as a podcast if you can't listen live. Uh, this week in MLS podcast will go out Monday night at 929thegame.com and iTunes and wherever else you find your podcasts. We'll have the March to Match Day podcast previewing the Montreal match. That'll go out Thursday night, Friday morning. That's myself and Jarrett Smith and... Uh, stoppage time on Facebook Live, Wednesday at 2 o'clock. Uh, busy week. And I've posted uh, the game story. I've posted on um, Barco. i posted a story on Martinez. I'll uh, probably post something on Carlton tomorrow. I kind of need to go home and decompress. Um, and then next week I'll have all the coverage, you know, one or two to three to four items a day on Atlanta United. The couple of things we didn't talk about. Uh, that happened yesterday is Miami's interest in Paul McDonough. 
which I'm not too worried about because, again, I don't think Miami's ever actually going to field a team. Oh, jeez, there we go. And uh, the Martino contract situation, I'm pretty sure wasn't new news. I'm pretty sure Martino said as much after the season. He did. Uh, and I've been telling everyone for as long as I can remember that neither Almiron nor Martinez were going to be sold this summer. That was also reported again. Uh, by Sam, who does a fantastic job at Major League Soccer. One very cool thing that we did not talk about today, Clint Mathis, Golden Spot. Yeah, that was cool. Um, had a chance to go to the Georgia Soccer event last night where they inducted Josh Wolf and Clint Mathis into the Georgia Soccer Hall of Fame as part of their 50th anniversary celebrations. Uh, Josh obviously had some work to do in Columbus with uh, Greg Berhalter's staff, so he couldn't hang around for the game today. But Clint Mathis and Josh both gave great speeches and Two of the – pioneers isn't the right word because, I mean, we're talking 50 years of Georgia soccer, but maybe two of the first Big really high-profile yeah. men's players to come from the state of Georgia. Yep. And I think Andrew Carlton can really pick up that super technical, creative um, mantle from Clint Mathis. I think he's the most technical player to ever come out of the state of Georgia. And, and Josh Wolf was one of the most electric forwards we've ever produced as well. For those of you who don't know Clint Mathis, he was Clint Dempsey before Clint Dempsey. Yes. He he would just try stuff. Cletus. And he had an attitude that he just didn't give a crud what anyone said or what anyone did. He was going to go out there and score goals. Um, anyway, follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Follow Jason on Twitter at Longshoe. Yes. And uh, follow me on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.